Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, Scottish Baseball Podcast. I am the Glasgow Comets, John McKellar. And I'm former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer, Jason Durr. Indeed you are, Jason. We are here tonight to present a very special episode. It's a bonus episode with uh, one of my teammates, Chris Kelly. Uh, thank you so very much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on, man. Today we're going to talk about uh, Three Strikes in Your Route, which is a 12 or so minute long documentary that you uh, put together uh, from, uh, how many hours was it of total footage you had? <laughs> um, I believe the first cut was about three or four hours, yeah. So you, <laughs> you but, went, but, in, uh, but in total, in total, there was about ten hours, including the uh, bureau and stuff. Absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the process of getting those ten or so hours down to the twelve minutes that are on YouTube now. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how that project began um, and uh, where you expect to go from there. Uh, before we get into that, however, uh, let's talk about your interest uh, in baseball. Where did that begin? Sure. Uh, well, I think um, my story is going to be pretty similar to most people in Scotland. Uh, late night channel hopping. You come across Channel 5 and there's some baseball getting uh, hosted by Jonathan Gould, I believe it was. Uh, so you're talking about the year 2000. I think the first proper game I properly watched was uh, the World Series, the Mets and the Yankees. And uh, I basically just decided, hey, the Mets are clearly the underdogs here. They're going to be my team. And that was me saddled with them uh, forevermore. <laughs> um, fast forward about... 15 years, I'd uh, been watching baseball kind of on and off and just randomly one day decided to Google it, uh, Facebook Baseball Scotland and came across a GBA and that's how that's how we got here. So you've been uh, a Mets fan since around 2000, you said, what are some of your favourite Mets uh, memories? <laughs> I don't have very many good ones to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, the players, uh, you know, David Wright, um, Ike Davis, Jose Reyes, um, Ari Dickey, um, all the pictures, you know, we've, we've had great players who might not have done much as a team in the time that I've been watching, but, um, you know, the players have been the one the standouts. Absolutely, yeah. The Mets uh, have put together quite a machine in the last year or two, obviously adding Max Scherzer as well, uh, mm. puts them into the kind of upper echelon. How do you fancy the Mets to do this year, assuming we get a baseball season in? Um, surprisingly, they seem pretty high up uh, in terms of like the the odds and that. Um, I think we've been really good at pitching in recent years. It's just we need to get the bats in. And strangely enough, when we're kind of COVID riddled uh, at the start of last year, and we're bringing up not even our second uh, tier batters, but we're bringing up like our third tier batters, and they were going on a on a rampage. You know, they were doing really good. And when our, uh, when our starting uh, players came back, we slumped. So I don't know what that says, but I think it says something. Isn't it just the way sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've uh, become a member of the Glasgow Comets uh, around 2015 or so. That would be, um, talk to us about how you became a Comet and what your favourite memories of uh, this uh, this club are. Sure. Um so, yeah, so I'd actually been kind of hanging about in training for most of the 2015 season, but I didn't actually play until 2016. Um, I know you're quite the historian on uh, Scottish baseball, so I actually looked up just before the show. And uh, my debut was on April the 10th, 2016, uh, Galaxy against the Comets. Um, by the looks of things, we're going to be getting mercy drilled and had a bit of a comeback, uh, <laughs> although we went on to lose the game. Uh, you know, we showed that Comet spirit that uh, we've had the time that I've been here. Um, unfortunately, it turns out that I ground out as uh, the second last out of the game, which uh, <laughs> I think sums up my own career pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the hit by pitches, yeah, which, was, uh, yeah. which was a bit of a tendency you inherited for me, bizarrely. Um, yeah, that, I used that, to get that, hit by pitches pretty much constantly until you came along, and I don't think I've been hit by one since. Yeah, yeah, I think I went a whole season where I got hit by every picture in the week, uh, which was which was interesting. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of record. Um, you know, you, you got to get some sort of recognition. So if it's being hit by every pitch in the league, that's a pretty good one to go by. And I, I need that award to go up in the wall, you know. <laughs> I think it's just a giant plaster. You get to put. <laughs> you wear it like a tight, like like a title belt around your waist. It's a big, a big bandage. Um, talk to us about the other aspect that we're going to be talking about tonight. Your interest in film. I know that you are primarily interested in film editing. 
Um, yep. How did you get? How did you become so interested in it that you wanted to pursue it uh, in your studies and as a career? And uh, where are you at in terms of like your studies in that particular realm at the moment? Sure. Um, it's a bit of a an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I suppose I've just always been into editing, which uh, you know I know is a bit of a kind of cliche answer, but um, there wasn't really any point in time where I kind of realised, oh, I'm watching these movies and I'm paying attention to the editing and how the scenes are going together. It just always seemed natural. I just assumed that's how everybody watched movies, you know. <laughs> um, in terms of when I thought it could be a career, uh, a few years ago I was uh, I was working. I'd been in the same job for 15 years ever since I'd left school and it was just getting a bit monotonous, you know. And uh, suddenly the penny dropped, hey, People get paid to edit movies, you know. <laughs> there is actually jobs out there. There's actually a thing that people can do. Uh, you know, growing up in kind of small towns in Scotland, sometimes you don't think you think these things are like Hollywood things. They don't really exist for like guys like us. Uh, and I just decided I'm going to start taking steps to to move into this career. Uh, done a couple of night courses, done some acting classes, and uh, two years ago quit my job. Um, just before a, a global pandemic, which is fantastic, <laughs> um, and started studying an HND. Uh, I'm now in my second year of that, um, and hopefully go on to university after the after the summer. Fantastic. Now we've got a couple of comments in early. Um, All right. from One from YouTube and one from a brand new Twitch page, which as you right. can tell, uh, <laughs> if you're so on any of those. I'll explain this first. So yes, obviously we've got a new <laughs> streaming platform this year, so we can see the comments. Chris Chris can't see the comments and uh, uh, we'll, we'll add the comments. Go. So if you have any questions for Chris, and we'll, 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 we'll pop one up right now to give you an example to see uh, what, when you get a comment, we'll put it up there, guys. So yeah, so we, we see that you guys are watching. We're happy you're there. And we'll, we'll test out the first one here. Uh, here's your first question so far. Are you even are watching you even the watch movie if you don't obsess over it? <laughs> Dead of the show. That, that is uh, correct, Sean. Absolutely. Um, everybody should, if you enjoy a movie, you should be obsessing over it. You should be watching it 100 times a day. You shouldn't just be a. I shouldn't be the only weirdo that does things like that. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's uh, historical accuracy in films. When I'm watching a film, I'm looking at historical accuracy. I'm just uh, that TV. That TV never came out that year. It came out yeah. like three years later. Yeah, or they're, or they're wearing a watch in like the 1600s and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is that why is that guy skateboarding in like the 1700s this yeah. is bizarre um so <laughs> let's uh, talk about the documentary itself sure um on the 2nd of january you released three strikes in your route as we've mentioned it's just a 12 minute long short documentary about baseball scotland um before we get into the nitty-gritty of the film itself what inspired you to create the film um and uh, you know where, where did the concept come from Sure. Um, so yeah, so obviously I love making films and I'm doing this uh, course and I love the Scottish Baseball Week. Um, so I had already been thinking about ways that I could combine the two, uh, whether that was like contacting Paul and making like adverts or videos to try and promote the week a bit more. And it just so happened to be that when I started uh, the second year of my course, um, one of the first things, one of the first projects we get assigned was to do a documentary on contemporary life in scotland and i was like ah baseball that's part of contemporary scotland and not a lot of people know about you know and uh, that could be pretty good um, <laughs> however as i read on further there was a couple of things uh, one the documentary had to be maximum 10 minutes uh, which we kind of expanded to 12 and it was to be filmed across october and november which you know <laughs> there is no baseball in scotland in october and november <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it was just um, pretty coincidental that uh, I was planning on doing something anyway uh, to do with filming and baseball in Scotland, and then I get handed this project, and it just seemed like the perfect fit. Amazing. So talk about the preparation that goes into this particular type of project. Um, tell us about preparing for, first off, logistics. You know, you have to travel, and if anyone anyone who's seen the documentary will know that you travel quite a fair bit. Uh, mm -hmm. You went to various ballparks, you even visited a couple of the people who were featured in their own homes. Talk to us about the, the logistics of it, the planning, uh, the equipment that you used. Sure, sure. Um, so, logistically planning and all that, um, I had to submit a proposal because essentially this was being treated as you're being given 
a £10,000 budget, how are you going to spend it? Unfortunately, it's not a real £10,000. <laughs> um, so as much as I just wanted to go ahead and film everybody and everyone uh, everywhere in Scotland, I had to put in a, a feasibility uh, proposal, which luckily got accepted. Um, in terms of like the, the nitty gritty of like what cameras we're going to use and how we're going to go about and film it, um, <laughs> right down to the last minute, it was just it was constantly changing. Um, the original plan was I was going to sit down with three players and interview them and being that there wouldn't be any games in October I was thinking I can maybe get some people out to the field brave the cold and film it cinematically rather than realistically um so to kind of prepare for that well the semi-finals of the of the cup was going on in Edinburgh um I took a camera over and filmed the two games uh, there's some highlights of it on on my YouTube channel um and that turned out to be pretty lucky because I ended up using some of that footage in the documentary. <laughs> that was originally just meant to be a, a camera test, but ended up getting used. Um, I'd penciled in the 10th of October to rent out some cameras from college and film the cinematic outdoor shoots. And uh, as I was getting ready to try and convince people to come out and play in the cold, it got announced that the Glasgow Derby between Galaxy and Comets was going to get played on the 10th of October. So... <laughs> That meant the plans had to change. Um, I was then going to have to cover the game while trying to interview people in between the game. So, as you know, when we swap over every half inning, when the the, uh, the batters take the field and the fielders go up to bat, you've got maybe a minute or two of turnaround mm. time. And I was basically just going to have to just grab people and interview them in between that. Um, two people in my course came with me with cameras. Uh, Shout out to Sean and Lewis. Thanks for all your help. Um, not only had they never filmed baseball before, I don't think they'd ever seen a game before. <laughs> um, but I think you'll agree they managed to get some real, real good footage. Um, so basically, the yeah. plan was they two would take two cameras, film as much of the game, cover as much as possible, and I'd try and interview people in between half innings and kind of see how it goes. Um, so, so that was the main shooting day. Uh, and as you see in the documentary, you managed to get a good six, seven people to talk about various aspects of baseball in Scotland, but it wouldn't have been enough to like really do it justice, I don't think. So I managed to secure the cameras for another three days the, the following weekend and basically just put the feelers out to try and get as many people as possible to sit down in their house and do an interview. Um, so that involved um, travelling up to Tayport on the Friday uh, interviewing Jason West, uh, which was fantastic. What a great interview, what a great guy. Could have easily done an hour-long documentary on, on him and the Tayport Breakers alone, you know. Um, so that was great getting up there. Um, on the Saturday, uh, I myself <laughs> went to Andy's house to interview him, and then luckily Ali Hay stays kind of around the corner from him. Um, but even with them staying so close together, I mean... I was doing that myself, so I was setting up the cameras, setting up the sound, setting up the lighting. It's a really, really long day doing that. And then the next day I got up, <laughs> went to Saeed's house, and then in the afternoon of the Sunday, came round to your house, John, interviewed you. you. Yep. And uh, that ended perhaps the busiest uh, weekend of my life, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure that I ate at all that weekend. It was just location, 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 you know. Um so yeah, so that was the practicalities of the shoot. Amazing. Um, I was going to say, how much equipment did you have to lug around with you? I mean, we're talking like two suitcases full. So we're talking um, on the outdoor shoots. There was three cameras. Um, there was, I think, two or three microphones running at all times, and I had two lights with me as well for the, the indoor shoots. So yeah, a lot of equipment. I think almost everybody remarked when I turned up at the door and, and chapped the door. They were expecting just. You know, me and a camera, and here I'm walking in with two bags worth of equipment. <laughs> and I'm assuming the, the, the cameras aren't small ones either. They're not, they're not the you know, your digital cameras that you just pick up at a um, uh, what Curry's. You know, you actually have proper uh, equipment to go do this. Well, no, surprisingly, um, the the digital cameras are actually really good uh, nowadays. Like the two Canons that we were getting to use. So thankfully, they weren't they weren't too big, you know. Um, but they still come with the lenses and their tripods and. And all the different uh, bits of equipment that comes with them. Um, 
But, but yeah, it was it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now talk to me about the questions that you asked to the different guests. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you've mentioned how last minute some of the aspects of the shoot were. Um, were they locked in pretty early on, or was there a bit of was there a wee bit of kind of like adapting as you went along, depending on sort of what answers you got at the field? Sure. Uh, well, a bit of both, um, to be honest. Um, there was some set questions that I definitely wanted to talk about, uh, some topics of discussion that wanted to be kind of uniform, like, throughout it, but it was also reacting to, to what was being said. So as well as setting up the equipment and monitoring and all that, I also had to do the interviews, you know, <laughs> uh, had to uh, be receptive to the answers and um, kind of bounce off what was getting said. Um, frustratingly, some, some of the... Uh, the more interesting topics kind of came up towards the end, and I wished I could have went back and asked everybody it. Like um, um, when Ali was talking about like um, the kids that came up and um, asked for these autographs, which mm. I think you agree is definitely one of the, the highlights of the documentary. Everybody that I've watched it with in person just went, "Oh, that you know, <laughs> perfect." Um, but he was he was um, he was late on in the Saturday that I interviewed, so I'd already. Um, interviewed quite a lot of people at the field and interviewed Andy before it and I was like oh I wish you know I could like ask that question again you know uh, to everybody um, but yeah no I'm actually there was, there was some set questions I had and then there was some real spontaneous responses yeah well it's not too late to ask John the question now <laughs> <laughs> has anybody asked for your autograph John um not on the baseball field <laughs> <laughs> and not sober <laughs> um, what was the most surprising aspect of the game in Scotland that you might have potentially learned about during the filming of the documentary? Hmm. The most surprising aspect. Well, I'll tell you something that did surprise me, right? Um, <laughs> here's a little uh, behind the scenes thing. Um, on the day of filming um, outdoors, uh, I'd said to, to Sean Lewis, the camera operators, I said, you need to get a lot of footage of them setting up the field. You have to get footage of us dragging those those big green bins up the hill, getting out the 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 netting that we have to put up, hammering the stakes in the cold hard ground. You know, you have to get all this footage because I'm going to ask them what's the worst thing about playing baseball in Scotland, and every single one is going to say setting up the field. And you know, not a single person did. Almost everybody said the weather, I believe. Which, you know, it's pretty good. I think that's a pretty good segment, the yeah. weather. I did really like it. But, um, mm. yeah, not a single person mentioned it. And I had <laughs> all this B-roll, and uh, I didn't really have, like, anywhere to use it. Um, so, yeah, that, that surprised me. It turns out I must be the only one that really despises putting up my fence every week. I mean, I don't know what I said when, when you asked that question, but I certainly don't like setting up the field. I would probably put that ahead of the weather. I don't know if it's maybe yeah. just a Scottish players thing where being Scottish, you just kind of have to live with the weather regardless. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. why someone coming over from maybe like the Midwest or the South or the, the, the California or somewhere like that in the United States where it's maybe a bit warmer uh, or even from mainland Europe or from you know the American Republic or what have you. Um, I can see why they would maybe see the weather because they're not used to it. Um, yeah. But surely by now, like any other Scottish guys is probably um, well used to the, 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 the pissing rain by this point. <laughs> Yep, t- t- turns out we turns out we all hate it. Although I have to say it was a blessing in disguise because some of those reactions to, to folks saying the weather uh, were, were just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually the first sequence I put together uh, when I started editing it. Um, the weather sequence, like that, was locked in from from day one. You know. Let's talk more in depth about the editing process. You've brought it down obviously from ten hours <laughs> to an original cut of three to four hours, down to twelve minutes. Now that's you know that that's. Um, gargantuan effort that's required for that kind of work. How long did it take you to first off create that first cut? Um, the first cut, like the the three to four hours cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I'll be perfectly honest. All the days have kind of blended together. <laughs> uh, I do have it written down in a diary somewhere, but uh, it might take me a while to find that. Um, yeah, no, there was there was. Um, there were certain points where you were getting that uh, can't see the forest for the trees feeling where you're just cutting and cutting and cutting. Uh, there's a real heartache. Um, there's a, a term it's called, I think, uh, 
killing your children uh, where you become very attached to a bit of a project that you've been working on and you just have to you just have to delete it and forget it existed um there was uh there was stuff in the original cut of the documentary about the uh the umpire clinic uh that was run uh which i think you know it's definitely a good thing to highlight um i wanted to show that there was other stuff that people could get involved in maybe people want to get involved in scottish baseball but they don't necessarily want to play you know we need umpires uh we need people to officiate the game you know there's there's roles there i really really wanted to include that in the documentary and it had to get cut wholesale mm -hmm. um there's stuff where we're discussing social media you know um things like this podcast um and just all the teams kind of having their own social media now and and uh, growing the sport for that aspect i really wanted to include it had to get cut wholesale <laughs> um so yeah there's been a lot of heartache but in terms of uh, how long did it take well let's see i finished filming i think on the 17th of october and i uploaded the video on the 2nd of january so there was edits right down to the last second <laughs> i think you mentioned to me uh, ahead of time that there was a slight font change or something like that in between like when you had uh, previewed it to me and when it was yeah. being released yeah <laughs> so. yeah that that was um that was um some feedback from uh from my tutors and some some people in the class uh fonts aren't really my forte that that much mm -hmm. and uh i designed a logo that i thought was fantastic and almost everybody union it unanimously said no that's not correct <laughs> uh, but nobody's nobody's complained about the font since it's been put off on youtube so i can only assume they're good now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah that was, that was definitely a humbling moment when i had spent many hours in photoshop sat back you know hit, hit, uh, hands across my head going that's perfect what a great job i've done there and then showed it to other people and was like no nah, mate not <laughs> yeah that reminds me of the other a couple of months ago when i kind of went to jason with like an idea for a new logo for ball caps and bagpipes i was like we should probably get like the, a refresh of the branding and then jason comes back to me like i got someone who like knows this sort of shit to look at it and was like the, the original one's fine like you don't need to change it to that that's just daft why would you change that that's the thing i mean you, you know what you know and other people are experts in other things so it's it's good to to collaborate with other people you know and get get feedback let's yeah, talk some more about that actually you mentioned collaborating <laughs> and you've mentioned your two camera operatives were they involved uh, to much extent in the rest of the process were they involved in the editing or was it just you yourself uh, in a dark room somewhere uh no i mean the actual physical task of the editing was definitely just me myself in a, in a dark room but you know i've definitely um bounced ideas off and bounced, bounced uh, ideas off everybody else in the class. It's a real good class that I'm in. Like, we're all supportive and, and ready to view each other's like first drafts and give feedback. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very useful because sometimes when you show like your friends and your family something, they just want to please you. You know, they just, that's a great job you've done. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah. And they might be sitting thinking, oh, I've noticed something, but it's probably just me. But you need people to tell you, you know, I've noticed something, you know, that, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. So, uh, no, there's been a lot of back and forth, right? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And uh, and refining it down to where it is now, yeah. Staying with editing, um, we've mentioned, obviously, bits that you had to cut out. Um, were there any parts of the documentary that when you were, when you began the process of editing that you thought, right, that's probably not going to survive, but that as you went along became indispensable we've talked about the weather thing but anything beyond that that you went in thinking that yeah that's probably expendable footage and then by the end it just ended up being crucial um maybe not crucial but um well yeah i suppose in a way there was um there was a whole bit where so originally the way my documentary started i'm a big believer in like the rule of freeze when you're uh telling stories or just mm -hmm. doing anything like having free beats is usually pretty good so one of the later cuts of the documentary started off with like uh, andy had a little voiceover bit and then fiona had a little voiceover bit and then danny had a little voiceover bit and then it was the intro of uh, elvis throwing the pitch and uh you know there's a bit of feedback that didn't really work it doesn't really get into it quick enough blah 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 so the way it is now with jason talking over the the uh the intro uh saying about how the only people that play baseball in scotland are people that are really passionate about about the sport and uh and that's what makes it pure um 
maybe sounds a little bit weird taking out of context, but that was from a longer bit where he was talking about um, how the sport and like America and that um, can get like muddied by like politics and and things like that. Um, so I really wanted to keep the whole original thing that he talked about because I thought it was like really interesting his perspective. But I needed something that just fit that logo as like an opening. Bam, you're in the, the mm. documentary. Uh, so it ended up getting moved across to that, and then the rest of his conversation then had to go because it was just it was missing the ending. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of reshuffling, yeah, a lot of reshuffling like that. So I know we don't we talked about killing kill your children, and we don't want to pick a favorite child, but do you have a, <laughs> a favorite a favorite scene of the documentary? Oh, that is that is tough. Um, Mine is easy. It's uh, it's Andy's Andy's scenes for me are the best ones, and for me the best part is the graphic, <laughs> the travel graphics. Traveling up the mass, yeah. So I'll um I'll expose myself a little bit in that one before I answer your question. Right, we we'll need to go back to that question. Um, <laughs> so that map, right? <laughs> um, I created like each individual bit on that map. So see how there's like a line like joining Glasgow to Aberdeen and, and mm -hmm. River. So I created each individual bit. Um, and because I've done a lot of animation last year, uh, because of the lockdown, I had to learn a lot of animation. I've done a, an animated music video, which had a lot of moving parts, and I'm used to going frame by frame. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm quite used to going frame by frame. I'm quite happy enough sitting for six hours to get, like, two minutes of footage or whatever, right? So, so I sat and made every little tiny bit of that map, and because it zooms out, I had to go frame by frame and make every tiny bit zoom out in relation to the bits around it. <laughs> blah blah blah. I get really caught up in it. I was like zoned in. I was I was I was in the zone. It was fantastic. And I think about three or four hours passed from when I started it to when I finished it. And it was good. It was seamless. I'll I'll blow my own horn. I think you cannot tell I made each individual part. Absolutely. I literally walked down the stairs, poured myself a cup of juice, walked back up the stairs, sat down and wait. I could have just made that a picture and just zoomed the picture out in five minutes. <laughs> and now there's going to be somebody who's obsessing over the documentary who's going to get in touch with you and say, oh, Edinburgh's slightly off. Slightly <laughs> off, I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you that one for free. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a daft mistake, but I'm happy with the end result. You know, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So you're basically asking what what was my my favorite scene? I really I really do like Ali's uh, story about the uh, Absolutely. about the uh, the kid and asking for the autograph. And that. I thought that was fantastic, and I'd never heard that before. Like I generally like yeah. forgot I was interviewing him when he like told me that. I just like I didn't say anything. I was just staring at him like, oh, that's fantastic, mate. Like that's really good. Um, but I also really liked um, the bit with. Uh, Fiona talking about um, getting more women into the sport, mm -hmm. and I really liked um, your kind of taking that as well, um, John. When you were mentioning um, Aberdeen and uh, mm -hmm. everything that, that they're doing, um, I was quite sad that I couldn't get somebody from Aberdeen in the documentary, and it was just it was time. I mean, I've just described to you like how much I was flying around that that weekend, you know. So I was really glad that you mentioned them and gave them a shout out because. Um, you know, I think they've done a lot to include all genders in the in the sport. And um, any time I've went up to Aberdeen, has been a great time. I think uh, what they've done up there has been fantastic, building up um, a team and even having two teams at one point, you know. So I'm glad they get a mention. Uh, so I'd say <laughs> quite specifically, my favourite part was you mentioning them, uh, Aberdeen because it was important that everybody as far as possible get included in this, you know. Was that a, was that a challenge when you were setting out the kind of plan uh, to balance it out and not make it be so Glasgow centric? Obviously, the bulk of the filming was took place at our field in Glasgow. Um, there's obviously you've managed to use archived footage of Edinburgh as well from the semi-finals of the cup, mm -hmm. and obviously you were able to travel up to Tapor. What was the what was your approach to making sure there was as much balance as possible? Um, so I'll be honest. Um, right up to the last minute, it was. Uh... It was a coin flip for me as to what direction I was going to go, um, whether I was going to kind of treat this as a template uh, and just focus on the Glasgow Comets and then do a longer documentary on like the whole week. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, when when it was announced that it was going to be a, a 
uh, a Glasgow Derby game. Uh, I was like, right, excellent. I can get Comets and Galaxy involved and we can maybe just make it about Glasgow and then expand out. Uh, then when I managed to get a hold of Jason and he agreed to do an interview, I was like, right, I really need to try and get as much of the league involved as in possible. Um, and it just so happened to be that Saeed stays pretty close to me. Um, and, you know, I'm friends with him, he was he was happy to interview and that at least got somebody from an Edinburgh point of view involved as well. Um, and like I say, just unfortunately, we couldn't get Aberdeen. But that, that was like kind of almost that, that week between filming the game and then filming the interviews was when it was kind of decided, right, I'm going to try and get as much of the week involved as mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. Is there anything that you specifically regret not getting other than obviously more of Aberdeen? Um, is there anything that you had set out to get that you just didn't get, like a white whale of sorts? Uh well, there's kind of there's kind of uh two regrets, but you know, we can we can maybe uh, follow up in a future project or something. But um certainly I would I would have liked to have had more time interviewing Fiona and getting more of her perspective on the week. Um, and I also really wanted to use this as kind of selfishly as well, but kind of explore the history of the week a bit more. Um, because I feel like when, when I started turning up about 2015, started playing about 2016, I feel like there'd already been a good few years of like development. And then beyond that, there's more historical stuff that I don't know anything about. So I was looking forward to sitting down with like, uh, or yourself and I was trying to get um Jason um start as well and try and talk to him about like uh when he was playing it uh in his younger years and, and things like that. Um and just I couldn't get anything like that scheduled. So uh but you know then again maybe a documentary would have been about two hours, you know. Maybe we need to do just a history of Scottish baseball documentary at some point. Um yeah that but that'd be sorry, uh that that'd be my two things. Uh Get to spend more time interviewing Fiona and uh, getting to talk about the history of the, the league a bit further with, with two things that I kind of wanted that I didn't get. So. In the meantime, you have to sit down with Wolfie and have a long interview with Wolfie. <laughs> and, and that will give you about 60 years of Scottish baseball all at once. It's, I honestly see at one point when I was uh, trying to tie down who to interview and whose house could we get around it, I was like, my mind was going everywhere. I was like, great, umpires, I need to interview umpires, you know, like... <laughs> You've alluded to um, possible future projects. Um, is this an avenue that you absolutely would like to go down again? Can we expect to see um, more documentary footage from yourself? Uh, is there going to be a release of a longer cut of Three Strikes? <laughs> of course you would ask about the Kelly cut. <laughs> <laughs> You've been asking for that cut before we even finished your interview, John. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking um, his own version of it, right? You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, right from the very start, right from like when I first proposed this, I kind of thought about doing a longer version just for myself. But I'll be honest, it's so time consuming. And um, part of me is kind of like, you know, I could go back to the footage and I could get a half hour, 45 minute long cut of what we have. Or we could use that time to do, to do it again, you know, <laughs> and make a different documentary. Mm -hmm. um, there's no concrete plans, but I mean, I'm all ears. Um, if there's if there's ideas, if there's collaborations out there, and if I get the time and the resources to do it, like I'm I'm more than happy to do whatever I can to help promote the league, get us more players, keep us going, keep us growing. You know, you've mentioned uh, growing the league um, and getting more um, attention on the league. Uh, you've had uh, the experience a couple of times already now of putting together highlight packages of games, is that something you would like to travel around the league and do a bit more of? Or are you going oh. to be more focused on your playing side of things for the time being? Oh, um, again, that's so tough. Um, yeah, I guess that, that can branch into a, a totally separate question of, like, what what way are you being pulled more at this stage? Do you sure. want to play I, more than you want to film? or what's the? Well, that's the thing. I think certainly for this season, um, I probably want to be focusing on my playing. Um my playing time. Um, I missed out in the season just before COVID. Uh, just, just personally, just took a break uh, for, I think the whole season, if not the majority of it. And I was, I was geared up to come back like the week before the very first lockdown. I was on the field. I had the equipment out. I was ready. I was buzzing. And then we get shut down like the next day or something like that. Um, so missing out in that season meant, you know, I really wanted to to be there every week last season. I wanted to try and get extra training on the goal, get as much out of it as we can. And with the uh, 
the developmental slash single A league uh, that we had. Uh, and hearing Paul talk on your podcast about the plans for expanding that further this season, I think I want to kind of like get involved in the, the playing side of it as much as possible this year. So, you know, I don't really think I could spend my Sundays traveling around watching other games, filming other games, and then miss out and playing the games myself. Not this year, um, but it's certainly definitely a thought for the future. Um, but, you know, if there's a specific project if there's a specific game or something then taking a week off here or there uh i'd be all for that um yeah amazing man but, but, um, um <laughs> we've got this comment from dead of the sean uh the kelly cut there's your baseball horror movie title <laughs> right there yeah dead of the sean had said uh, we need a baseball a scottish baseball horror movie uh, that oh that, that <laughs> well yeah, again, uh, you know, if somebody has an idea, I'll sit down. We can we can make a script. We can make something happen. I don't know. Um, <laughs> r- running about pretending to batter folk with a baseball bat and toe cross might not be the greatest <laughs> idea, but no. maybe we could we could get the right permissions. I know the I know the paperwork and stuff that we need. That um, could uh, attract the wrong attention. Let's see. Um, <laughs> or feel I, depending I on see- I did see out the corner of my eye uh, that Sean had mentioned. Um, he really liked the ball rolling into the frame. Uh, I'm glad you liked that, Sean, because uh, let me tell you, um, I did take one of the, the camera operators, uh, also called Sean, uh, up to Tayport with me uh, to film, uh, which is lovely of him to come up and take that journey. Um, however, I kind of tortured him with wanting to get that shot of uh, of the ball rolling into the frame, and we... I think that was about take 40 or 41 or something like that. But I was determined. We were getting that Stanley shot. Kubrick, did you? <laughs> we were getting that shot. And even if it doesn't fit, it's going in the documentary. Like somewhere I'm putting that shot in. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, so if you want to watch a, a Scottish baseball horror movie, come and film the old timers game. And then obviously Paul Convoy, as you can see, American <laughs> Will Wolf in Edinburgh. <laughs> So we, we, we've got a working title now. Now we just need a script. Yeah. Got- <laughs> we, have a, we have a real life werewolf in Edinburgh, Wolfie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, American Wolfie in Edinburgh. <laughs> have, like cool. a, have a film with Wolfie as like a Jason Voorhees type uh, unkillable bad guy. Cool. All right. So uh, not all the Facebook comments are showing up there. So it's glad to see Paul showed up there. But um, uh, we've had a shout from Stephen Loudon, our biggest fan out there. Steve, good Indeed. to see you there. He said... Uh, he said the film was okay, but it only scratched the surface as far as Glasgow baseball. Well done. Uh, Mickey, is always another fan there, said the film was brilliant. A great way to promote uh, baseball in Scotland, the league as a whole. Um, you know, Great job, Chris. Uh, and and Stephen's saying it's, it's looking good for the league and definitely you should play next year. So, uh, And Mickey's also saying that we need a all-or-nothing Amazon Prime documentary-style film next season. <laughs> or a docu-series like Netflix with the same the same music every episode, the same, <laughs> the same kind of <laughs> progression that every Netflix yeah. series takes. Um, well, well, that's, that's, sorry, that's what I was going to touch on when you'd asked hmm. about playing or filming. It has right. been suggested a few times that people would really like to see like a whole season of a team. You know, uh, how, how do they go from start to finish? Um just try to think how, how, how to balance that uh, if you're playing at the same time, you know. But that is something that has been suggested. Yeah. Is that something that you think you could feasibly do if you come along to comic games with, your, with some form of equipment? <laughs> potentially, potentially. I'd need to sit down and give it some some proper thought before the season starts. But potentially, if, if anybody has uh, practical I- ideas uh, and how that could be produced, um, you know, I'm here. Like, talk to me. <laughs> A um, couple more comments here because again, it's, for, for some reason, face is not working other than Paul. So, so Paul's is working. So everyone is Paul's is Paul's the president. Paul Paul takeover. <laughs> so yeah, so Stephen Evans says we need to get more Aberdeen. The next film, Fiona uh, Rambley said, hopefully we get more women interviews as well. Great podcast, thanks guys. And uh, uh, Stephen Evans said, watch it as my little girl back at home on her fifty-five-inch 50 inch TV big screen event. Haha. So, so yeah, so you know you've got some people around the world watching at least in, in, in back in the states so good good i will say um shout out to the uh i don't know exactly how many because youtube's a bit funny with its numbers but i think there's about 30 maybe even as much as 40 people watching it live with us uh in the premiere uh, and especially to the to the folk that sent me photos of you with it on the tv uh 
beer or water or whatever in hand. Uh, that was much appreciated. That definitely made the, the months of work feel worthwhile, knowing everybody was watching it at the same time. You know, it was great. Felt like a little event. That's amazing, man. Let's uh, dive back into playing a wee bit. Um, sure. Obviously, we, as far as we're aware, we will have a 2022 season in some, in some form. Hopefully a full season. Uh, that's going to be probably decided between the AGM and uh, <laughs> the opening day <laughs> with the way things still are at the moment. What are your personal goals for this season and beyond from a playing standpoint? And what do you want to see from the Comets in the next year? Or two? From the Comets, win the league. Win both the leagues. <laughs> um, you know, I think a few years ago that would have uh, been maybe laughed out a little bit, but, you know, we're there, you know. We're, we're definitely there. We definitely have the capabilities. Uh, from a personal standpoint, just getting more more hits. Uh, I, I've never been uh, the biggest hitter, uh, to be honest. I kind of focus more on my, my fielding, to be honest. Um, but I felt like in training last year, uh, I was hitting pretty well, uh, the BP. Uh, just unfortunately, you know, playing mostly in the, the single-A games, I think, uh, contributed to not really getting a lot of uh, hits uh, in the games. So, you know, next year I'd like to, this season I'd like to kind of focus on that and hopefully hopefully get some hits in some big games. would be good. Amazing. And I'm with you. Hopefully the comments will see come some kind of league silverware for the first time ever next mm-hmm. this, this coming season or within the next couple. What was it Andy said? Was it the next three years? Andy said he expected us to, to win the league. Let's let's make that uh, one. <laughs> I love the passion. So we've got one of our uh, our friends of the podcast, Donis, asking if you've ever been to City Field. I have not been to City Field. Um, unfortunately, I've only been to an American baseball stadium twice in my life. Uh, both times was at the Diamondbacks, uh, but I only saw one game. The second time I went was for the uh, WWE Royal Rumble, actually. That was the year that Becky Lynch was tapped out in the middle of the ring by Asuka in the yep. opening match and then contrary to all logic went in and won the Rumble We he build a wrestler that's how you push someone have yep, them great, so great went logic. in the middle of the ring <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have any more questions at the moment Jason do you have anything else you want to touch on? Uh, we said we had another comment from uh, from Andrew Sweeney. He said Chris's double against the Galaxy is still one of my favorite baseball moments. I had a great view of it too from the opposite field. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Andy. Um, um, no, I think you've answered most of it. I was going to say, you know, you had ten hours of footage. You got it down to twelve minutes. That's a, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that is. That's um, yeah. The 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 one kind of uh, thing that the. Uh, it's kind of impossible to improve, but that I would like to have improved was like the pacing and giving out in a bit more breathing room. So as a bit of a, a breakneck speed. Realistic, um, like <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we had to work to that deadline and I did want to put as much in as possible, promote the league as much as possible, get as many teams and players mentioned as possible. And you know what? See if it went too fast for you. Watch again. Watch it a few more times, you know. Uh, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> we keep fighting over this. Uh, yeah, one more question and we can wrap it up here. Uh, uh, what is your favorite baseball movie and why is it Major League? <laughs> um, oh, my favorite baseball movie. Yeah, Jeez. since you like your movies, you know, you, you, know, you, you can pick two. So if you, if you, that's a tough one for you. That is a really tough one. <laughs> Especially because I've watched quite a lot recently, so I've got a lot of recency bias. Like, um, like I just watched The Rookie again um, the other day, and it was a lot better than I remembered it being. Um, uh, a League of Their Own, I watched that the other day as well. It was it was uh, really great as well. Um, oh, no, you've, you've, you've put me on the spot. I can't, I can't pick one. I like them all. I, like, I even like, see any scene of baseball in a movie, I like it. I even like Twilight because it has a scene of baseball in it. So <laughs> there's, there's a clip you can use to, to advertise the podcast. <laughs> Anytime baseball's mentioned. I'm going to edit pro- that. I'm going to edit it too. I like Twilight. <laughs> I like Twilight. Um, pro- probably one of my, my favourite uh, scenes though is um, Leslie Nielsen. I think it might be in the second Naked Gun yeah. movie when he's just in the over-the-top uh, umpiring. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. I do like that. Uh, Enrico Palazzo. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mark Donaldson told us a really great story on the show. Uh, Mark Donaldson from BT Sports Caps Off. Caps Off. He told us a great story about how he met Reggie Jackson, and uh, was like, uh, 
So you were in London for the London series a couple of years ago. He's like, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. He's like, did you get through all right? And Reggie looked at him funny, like, why would I not sort of thing? And he's like, well, the last time you were here, I think you killed, tried to kill the Queen. And then that just popped Reggie completely. He was like, oh, That's amazing. That's um, so, <laughs> so we've got a question from Geeks26 on Twitch, yep. uh, which you can see here. It's off topic, but I'd love to hear about Chris's speedrunning. This is another passion of yours, Chris, uh, is gaming and in particular speedrunning. Why don't you talk about your... Your, your speedrunning and, and how you got sure. into that and, and where you plan to take that. Sure. Uh, so speedrunning, for people that, that maybe don't know, it's uh, kind of the the art of completing a game as fast as possible, uh, whether that be just being really good at the game, uh, finding uh, glitches or game-breaking things that can see you completing Pokemon in two minutes, you know, things like that. Um, I kind of, I've always been interested in watching it uh, and then, you know, going back to when the lockdown first started, uh, I'd just quit my job. Uh, college wasn't starting yet, and I was told you have to stay in the house for like the foreseeable future. So I thought, well, you know, this is it. This is the best time I'm ever gonna have to like spend ten hours practicing um, every day to beat a half hour game. Um, and also, uh, Streets of Rage Four just came out mm. uh, at the same time. You know, March 2019. Uh, so yeah, it all kind of came together, and I started uh, speedrunning Streets of Rage. Uh, streaming it on Twitch, getting slightly better at it, getting slightly faster at it. Uh, ended up getting numerous world records uh, with different characters, different difficulties and things like that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great pastime. It's a great hobby. I think a lot of, maybe it goes back to why I enjoy editing. You know, I don't mind sitting for hours, uh, finessing little cuts and little tweaks here and there. Mm. I don't mind sitting for hours playing the same game over and over and over just to get better at it. Um, unfortunately, I'm on a bit of a hiatus from speedrunning just to focus on the studying and the, the filming because it is a huge time commitment. Like you look at some of these games and you see somebody complete Mario in five minutes, you think, oh, "I've got five minutes, I could complete Mario." You don't see the thousands and thousands of hours they put into practice, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. So Dada Deshawn has asked you to um, tell us about the C Kelly dunk. The C Kelly is, dunk. What is the C so, Kelly um, dunk? So. Um, by the way, shout out to uh, Dead Sean who had uh, some two player records with me at uh, one point. Um, Congratulations, guys. So, um, yeah, the probably the best uh, Street Series 4 runner, uh, the Mighty Bill, um, plays this character called Cherry, right? And he turned the game inside out. He found every technique, every way to get seconds shaved off his time. I was playing about one day and found this trick where uh, Cherry can like immediately kill two enemies like before they even appear on screen. And I messaged them and I said, I'm pretty sure you already know about this, but by the way, you can do this. And he didn't already know about it. And uh, the trick got named after me, so it's called the, the C. Kelly dunk. Uh, you basically dunk two enemies off screen before they even get a chance to appear. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's a big event on just now called uh, Games Done Quick, which is... Uh, a huge charity speedrunning event. They raise millions of dollars and it's viewed by thousands and thousands of people. Uh, he had a run on it and he shouted out my, my tricks. So, you know, that's, that's my claim to fame in the speedrunning uh, world. That's incredible, <laughs> man. Um, that is everything from me, Jason. No, that's good. We kind of covered everything there. So, yeah, let's uh, let's call it a show. Yeah, excellent. Um, and, can I just, and can I just say after uh, asking for it for so long, I'm, I'm really pleased that I was the first guest on... Uh, the YouTube stream, <laughs> something it's, I've been asking for for a while, and here we are. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. You're going to have to go back and uh, smash that like button on YouTube and watch it again. Watch it back and smash like and, and subscribe and all, and all that other YouTube patter. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Chris. We'll have to get you back on to chat next year. Um, until then, uh, yeah, just a thanks again for joining us. Oh, so, well, give us a, a shout where they can find you so they can watch you see your VT Speed Records and your YouTube channel there. Where can they yeah. find you? Yeah, basically every single thing that I'm under is uh, C Kelly Edits. So C for Chris, Kelly Edits, all the one word. Uh, you'll get my Twitch, you'll get my speedruns on there. I have two YouTube channels. Uh, so I've got one that has a documentary on it, that's just C Kelly Edits. And I've got the other one for my speedruns, that's C Kelly Edits Gaming. Uh, but if you just type in C. Kelly Edits, it'll come up. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, all of it C. Kelly Edits. So that's where you go. Uh, go watch the documentary. Um, subscribe to it as well if I can get that cheeky wee one in. Uh, I really subscribe. need hit the bell. Yeah, if you enjoy the documentary, hit subscribe. That really helps a lot. And yeah, just thanks for having us on the podcast, guys.
Amazing, man. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash uh, slash caps and pipes. Facebook.com slash caps and pipes. That's correct. Sure. Uh, yeah. We're on Twitter. It's at caps and pipes. We're now on Twitch. It's ball caps and bike pipes on Twitch. And uh, just search ball caps and bike pipes on YouTube because the URL is just a <laughs> random string of letters and numbers. <laughs> Sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Says Dead of the Show. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. <laughs> um, we are going to be back uh, in time for spring training to commence season four of ball caps and bagpipes in the meantime get in touch with uh, your local baseball team if you search Baseball Scotland on Facebook or Twitter um, get in touch with Paul at Baseball Scotland he'll put you um, in touch with the relevant team and their people um, even I've, I've had the contact from someone up in the Highlands up north um, who's looking for someone to throw the ball around. So if you're interested in that and you're from up north, fire a message to the Ball Caps and Bagpipes uh, social media and we'll get you in touch. Uh, it's just uh, amazing to see the growth of baseball um, just in the last couple of years. It looks like the pandemic hasn't done anything to dampen that, which has been great. Um, you've got, you know, the single A league uh, that's now been admitted, like, has now been sort of instituted. Um, so there's so many different opportunities to play baseball at so many different levels now in Scotland. Um, so we, I know that Jason and I, we're both uh, excited to cover it. And uh, thanks again, Chris, for shedding you know even more light on that with this documentary. It's an absolutely fantastic. I thought the finished product was absolutely fantastic. I've told you this previously. Um, it was an absolute pleasure to be you know able to be involved in that. Um, so anything you need for us, you let us know. And uh, here's to some future projects and hopefully you'll manage to delve a bit deeper into the history of Scottish baseball in another project. And uh, obviously I think we're going to need to do an entire documentary on Aberdeen to make up for the last one. <laughs> I'm fully expecting a nine part Ken Burns style series. Of Scottish baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just find me the hours on the day. Thanks again, and thanks to everyone who's watched tonight. Um, we will be right the 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 audio version will be out in the next day or two as well. Um, but thanks so much to you, those of you who've joined us live on all three platforms. We'll have to look into the Facebook thing and find out why the comments haven't been shown. But um, it's been great to have so many people so engaged with the show. Uh, again, a special shout out to Dead of the Sean, who's been very engaged as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back for season four very soon. All right, guys, see you soon. Bye. Good night.